I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey there, welcome to the best news podcast from Livewire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what's good in the news. I'm Luke Burbank uh, here this week in New York City. And right over there is my friend Elena Passarello. Hi, Elena. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? It's going all right. Okay, this is week 33 of the best news podcast. But if I sound like I'm dragging a little bit, because I'm having some difficulty sleeping. My hotel room, I'm staying in Midtown Manhattan right off of Times Square. And Whoa. half of the buildings now, the side of the building is like some kind of crazy digital sign, you know, like uh-huh. just that's just cycling through the same like 15 seconds or whatever, just over and over and over again. And there's there's like a Christmas movie called Violent Night where Santa Claus apparent it's like the guy from Stranger Things David Harbour as like a violent Santa who has to save oh, a family no. from like bank robbers or something I know this because the trailer is on the building across from my hotel room and it is just I've been looking at it for four straight days it's like a film like a like a video it's like on yeah a it's, it's a video on a building and it's about 20 seconds long and it's Santa Claus swinging a baseball bat at someone and then it just says it's season's beatings violent night <laughs> over it's like a parody and over it really feels like a parody but it's also very bright at three in the morning it keeps shining oh. in my window that I have to oh, get up no. and like close the curtains so that I can be protected from this advertising campaign <laughs> I hope you're having a more restful, peaceful week than I am. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no advertising. Well, I mean, the power blowers are still, you know, in full effect. Yes. Yeah, the bane the of your existence. And of course, we're we're still barely in that time of year, I guess. Well, not barely. We're kind of, are we, is this prime blower time for you? I feel like any day that it's dry mm-hmm. on the calendar, the people in my very woodsy neighborhood will find an excuse to uh, either... A power wash or power <laughs> blow it is uh david and i'd like 
like it's like we live underwater because I just have on noise canceling headphones all day long. <laughs> and he like never knows if he could talk to me or not because I'm always just in like my soundproof bubble, so I don't have a panic attack at all of this noise. No, I'm like the Grinch. All that noise, all that noise. All that I'm noise, complaining noise, about noise. the. I'm complaining about the visuals. You're complaining about the uh, audio. We're off to a hot start here yeah, on episode. On the best news, thirty three of the best news. Wait, yeah, this is supposed to be where you talk about what's good. And, well, here's something that's kind of good. Did you know that we have listeners strung out all over the globe, in fact? Remember last week, we were uh, all excited because we were talking about listener Matt, who had checked in from Melbourne, Australia. Yes. And, and we were saying, well, that's got to be probably the furthest location of any listener. Well, hold my microphone, because it turns out Sally is in Malaysia. Sally said, I'm listening to the best news. And you said a listener from Melbourne is the furthest away, but I have that person beat. I live in Iskandar Puteri, Malaysia, which yes. is 8,133 miles away. Uh, Sally says, love the show. Started listening when I lived on Vashon Island outside of Seattle, which is, by the way, very close to where we do the show normally. Yeah. Um, that might win the closest award. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably not. So the current, if you're scoring at home, the current title holder for furthest away listeners, Sally in Malaysia. But of course, we appreciate everyone listening from uh, both far and wide. All right. Speaking of wide, let's get to the best news from the wider world. What's the best news you saw this week, Elena? Cat news. Okay. Carolina cat news. I just, I love that you got a cat, a kitten for like myriad reasons, Luke, mm -hmm. but I don't, I feel like I don't feel so hesitant to present you with cat stories now because some people hate like, well, not hate, but some people really are, are tired of, yeah. you know. And I was one of those people. I just need to be really upfront with the listeners. I was, what's the line from, is it a built to spill song that says no one cares about your dreams unless they're in them? And like, it's like, I was part of that. No one cares about your cat stories because I don't have a cat. And then I got a cat and it's the only thing I want to talk about, hear about. So yeah. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was on the wrong side of history with this, but now I'm on the right side sitting here waiting to hear this cat story. Yes. You are in the perfect position on the throne of cat worship to hear <laughs> about the Hickory Aviation Museum in Hickory, North Carolina. My high school voice teacher uh, Ms. Rebecca, she was from Hickory, North Carolina. So that makes it extra special for me. I believe the late, great Carl Castle was also from Hickory, North Carolina there originally from the- uh, You want to you roll with some North Carolina facts? Okay. Did you know that Carl Castle's teacher was Andy Griffith? What? <laughs> uh, Andy Griffith's first job before he went to New York when he was like in his very early 20s, was teaching at a high school, teaching music. He has a music degree from UNC Chapel Hill. And Carl Castle was one of his students. That is amazing. <laughs> I, I knew Carl for many, many years and he never mentioned that, which is incredible. Like that guy had so many stories. If that if I had been taught by Andy Griffith, that'd be how I'd open every conversation. But uh, he does in his memoir, which I just read this weekend, Andy Griffith says that he was not a very good teacher. So maybe there's <laughs> a reason to not mention it. He didn't do it for very long. <laughs> anyway, among all of those great things happening in Hickory, it's there's also this aviation museum, kind of a, 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 a low profile aviation museum associated with the local airfield. And they have this volunteer, a Navy veteran named Bill Falls, who is making the rounds, checking all of the planes that are parked outdoors that are part of the museum, which he does a lot. And he often sees they have like a resident cat that they've adopted and fed on the field. 
uh, named Phantom and she's been there for about a year. She was a young kitten. And then all of a sudden he's walking around and he, he walks past the shooting star, which is a Lockheed T-33 training jet from the 1950s. Okay. And he hears these strange noises coming from the tailpipe. And so he gets up close to the wheel well and he takes out his iPhone and he shines it into the um, tailpipe. And then kind of like directly above the re- wheel well, he sees a little bitty kitty head pop up, mm. another little bitty kitty head <sighs> pop up, and then another one, and then another one. And there was a litter of like six-week-old kittens in just uh, that has been like deposited into this little tight space at the plane. Uh, apparently, um, Phantom is a really, really smart kitty. It's kind of a, not the best place probably to raise a family because there's coyotes, there's planes taken off all the time. This was in, uh, October. So the weather was starting to get, I mean, North Carolina chilly, but still a little (laughs) chilly. So really, really smart to find this teensy weensy space. Unfortunately, it was in, you know, a vintage fighter jet, but the whole staff was like, you know what? Let's just leave her be. Let's just let her raise her babies there. (laughs) And then... For like the month of October, you could walk her out. And as the kitties got older and bolder, you'd walk past the cockpit, which is clear, you know, like uh-huh. top gun. Sure, right. And uh, like the kitties would be just going berserk, like jumping around, little kittens playing. It was like a terrarium <laughs> fighter jet <laughs> filled with four stripy gray kittens, a one black kitten that they named Prowler, Hornet, Mohawk, uh-huh. Corsair, and Falcon. I see what and they then- did there. Yeah, right. I can't believe they didn't go like Maverick, Goose, Iceman, Kelly McGillis, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> Danger zone. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but of course, like they were worried that um, it's kind of a significant drop out of the cockpit. So if the kitties kept on playing and they fell through like a hole, it wouldn't be good. But Phantom's so super smart. She ended up moving the cats to a nearby storage facility. And then a humane society was able to trap them. And they're going to be ready around Christmas time to go to their homes. They uh, took Phantom to the vet and got her spayed. She's going to live on the airfield for the rest of her days. And that means that the Hickory Aviation Museum... Oh, and also, (laughs) this is my favorite detail... Um, they're using the fact that a litter of kittens was born in one of their museum pieces to raise funds to bring to build a hangar and bring all the planes indoors. <laughs> wow, that's an that's a really clever spin on the whole situation. And I'm sure this is the story is getting a lot of attention. I bet you they'll raise the money. So this this uh, what was her name again? Prowler. Phantom. Phantom, which I believe is some kind of plane. Yeah, I think those were all plane names that that the uh, all of the the kittens were named for too. But like, that's just amazing that this one cat kind of just find trying to find a place to raise her family ended up probably having a positive impact on the entire operation of this air museum. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, I was thinking you were talking about cat names for planes. It's interesting that they didn't go with Tomcat. Isn't that the name of a plane? Yeah, I think I'm. I, this is the part where I would like to guess and say I think it's an F-14 Tomcat, but I would probably be wrong about that. It's an F something, I believe, was was named the Tomcat. Now, also, now that Phantom is going to be living in the museum, does that mean that the museum will probably be mouse and rat free? It would be a danger zone. For <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> now I will tell you this because nobody asked. I was in the basement yes. of my house the other day with my cat, and. Um, I was looking over and there was a mouse that just came. There's like a little, there's a little gap 
underneath, like between the bottom of the door and the floor in this basement. It's very unfinished, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the cat loves to hang out down there because it's a real adventure time for her. And I'm standing there next to her and I look over and I see a mouse come in under the door, <laughs> look at us, and then slowly leave. And at no point did it register for the cat. And I thought, do you have zero instincts? In this matter, like part of the upside of having a cat in your house is supposed to keep the rodent population down. I noticed the mouse. The cat did not. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, their mama has to teach them how to do that. Oh, seriously? I didn't know. It's not instinctive. Well, the the drive to chase and stalk prey, I think, is instinctive. But like we have a cat who like just brings in a bunch of live snakes because she has no idea how to kill them. Um, so yeah, that's not fun. Snake all day, and then yeah, no, it's awful. I told you that my last house I lived in before this, there's still a snake in there somewhere because my cat, that one, brought a snake in, and I wanted to videotape it. And while I was trying to get my camera, uh, it went into the wall of the house, never to be seen again. Yeah, that snake's now on the mortgage. <laughs> um, I also have an animal story that I saw that's the best news I saw this week. Now, hey. you know, uh, Thanksgiving is around the corner and I'm, uh, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't quite call myself a vegetarian at this point because I will eat meat on the very rare occasion, but I mostly don't eat meat. And it's mostly because I've got what I call like intrusive animal empathy. Like <laughs> if I start thinking about animals and how cute they are. It just locks my brain up for the rest of the day. And this story didn't do me any favors. It's a story about a farm in Santa Clarita, California, run by a woman named Ellie Lax. And it's called Gentle Barn. And it's an animal sanctuary. And about 20 years ago, so they have at this place, they've got um, pigs and sheep and goats and cows and horses. There's a lot of animals there that have been rescued and are being cared for by these fine people at Gentle Barn. But like 20 years ago, someone had a turkey that they didn't know what to do with. And so Ellie Lack said, yeah, I guess we'll take the turkey. They'd never really had one there before, but she was like, okay, fine. It was a hen. The turkey's name was Spring. And what Ellie Lacks noticed was that Spring would follow her everywhere on the farm when she was doing her chores for like months. And she would, as Ellie Lacks put it, she would talk to her, the turkey would talk to her, meaning the turkey would make these small, like chirping noises. And so one day she's like, the turkey is just really chirping away. And so Ellie Lax decides, let me just see what this turkey wants. And she uh, stops doing what she's doing. She's raking the lawn. She sits down and immediately Spring walks over and climbs up onto her lap and goes to sleep. Because it turns out domesticated turkeys like this are actually very cuddly. Would you have known that? Mm-hmm. Well, my very first serious boyfriend was a turkey. Uh, was a turkey. That's why you broke up. Named Tom. Mm. Yeah, he just got. He was just too much gobbling. No, his mother, who did not like me, I was uh, <laughs> uh, lived in this kind of like ranch in Northern California, and he took me out to it. And not only did the turkey curl up with her and watch TV, <gasps> she drove around this town in Northern California in a motorcycle and would put the turkey in the sidecar. <gasps> And I got in trouble because I was, the motorcycle was parked and I sat in the sidecar and this mom was like, that's Pearl's seat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had, I had no idea about this kind of gentle side of, again, domesticated turkeys. They clarify in in the article, if you see a wild turkey 
out in the world. Don't. There's a reason they no. named a whiskey after it. Don't go try to cuddle it. It'll probably claw your eyes out. But as far as like these kinds of turkeys go, I guess that they are pretty friendly and cuddly and people say very soft. And how do people know this? Because they now have an event at Gentle Barn called Gentle Thanksgiving. So the first year, this was after Ellie Lax figured out that these turkeys were real cuddly. She decided, I don't know, let me, for Thanksgiving, let's do an event where if somebody wants to come and cuddle this turkey, they can. And so, uh, and also we'll give them a piece of pie. And so she put a couple of flyers up like in the greater Santa Clarita area. And she thought like, no one's going to come to this. A hundred people showed up. There was a line of people to cuddle this turkey. And it became a tradition. And now they've been doing it for years and it's hugely popular in the area. It's a $50 donation. They actually do this. They have there are multiple gentle barn sanctuaries around the country, but this is the, the Santa Clarita one. Uh, for 50 bucks, you can come out, you get a tour of the farm, you get to have some pie and hot cider, and then you get to cuddle the turkeys for as long as you want. <laughs> And also, this is a cool thing they're doing. I think this is the first year they're doing it. They're going to also start feeding the turkeys some pie. So, like, the oh. turkeys will get to have apple pie this Thanksgiving for the first time out there at Gentle Farms. Looks good for them. It just, their hearts. It just seems like a really sweet thing and a, a reminder. And I'm not here to opine on what folks are deciding to eat or not eat. But I think we can all agree that having a sense of where our food comes from or what our food might have looked like at some point, it's just good for us, I think, in terms of respecting nature and knowing about it. None of these animals are going to become food anytime soon. But I just thought if you're somebody like me who doesn't really eat turkey anymore, but you still want to do something fun and turkey related on Thanksgiving, uh, this seems I would totally go to this if I lived in the Santa Clarita area. I'd go cuddle a turkey. I mean, you have me at pie. I will go to almost <laughs> any event where there's some, I'm, I'm not, I mean, pie, I like pie, but any kind of baked good, really, uh, I I would cuddle many, many things for pie. <laughs> I am, um, you know, I'm a quite the connoisseur now of like the imitation turkey stuff. Uh -huh. Like I know all about it uh, and what the best one is and what the ones that are about oh, kind of overrated. It turns out to me the very best one, and I make it every year, is, and this is not an ad, they're not paying us anything, but it's a company, I think they're British, called Corn. Mm -hmm. Not like the, you know, it's corn, kid, but like <laughs> Q. Although it would be cool if you got a sponsorship. Actually, that would be good. Hook, hook it up with that kid, with the It's Corn Kid. But anyway, it's like, um, it's the most unappealing thing you have ever seen in your life. It is a tube of beige. Like, mm -hmm. it, there's no, it's like a, pl a plastic, uh, whatever you'd call it, like, looks like a giant aspirin of beige. <laughs> liquid it is so unpleasant looking you poke some holes in it with a fork though you bake that baby at 400 degrees for like three hours you slice it up you have some mashed potatoes you would think you were eating real turkey uh, but here's the real question though can you cuddle it <laughs> you would get some looks you would really <laughs> get some your looks. corn <laughs> you and your weird tube of beige liquid just cuddled up <laughs> in the corner big meat tube <laughs> i cut up your <laughs> it's probably the uh the right time i'm getting the rap when comfy message from our producers so i guess we'll just go ahead and call that good for this week's edition Not your fake meat too <laughs> <laughs> all right before we uh before we do finish things up today just a little heads up on what's going on on the radio show okay uh first uh, we're going to be talking to sylvia vasquez lovato she uh, became the first openly gay woman to climb the seven summits that's the highest mountains on each continent 
uh, as part of a journey that she was on to overcome childhood trauma. Uh, she wrote a book about it called In the Shadow of the Mountain. It's really good. She was an amazing guest. Can't wait for you to hear her. Also, we're going to hear from stand-up comedian Curtis Cook, who uh, has, a, I think, a very important message this time of year, which is why you don't want to wear a suit to Red Lobster. Um, you know, a lot of people going out for family dinners this time of year, if you're going to Red Lobster, maybe don't wear a suit. And Curtis Cook will explain on the show this week why that's the case. Also, we'll hear from Patterson Hood from the Drive-By Truckers, uh, who is going to play us a tune recorded live at the Alberta Rose Theater. So that is going to be here in this very internet feed. I don't think that's what it's called, but whatever. Here where you're getting this show, uh, you can get that on Friday. And then this weekend, it'll be on public radio stations all across the country. So that is the plan for the show this weekend. A big thanks to everyone who makes the best news podcast possible. Of course, you can drop us an email. If you are somehow further away than Malaysia, we would love to hear from you. It's uh, bestnews at livewireradio.org. Uh, Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. And our production fellow is the one, the only, Tunvi Kumar. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixer. Our theme music is composed by A. Walker Spring. And thanks, of course, to all of you, our listeners. Uh, we will be back here next week with another episode of the show. In the meantime, head on out there and have the absolute best week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with, with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait. Actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review. Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>